Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host, Tony Canyas. Today, I have with me Laurel Jordan, AVP of Delivery at EXL. Laurel, how's it going today? It's going great. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. Doing fantastic. So uh, we are both post-ITC right now. Uh, <laughs> it's been a week. Uh, and uh, just before starting recording, we, we were chatting about about our recovery processes uh, after after you know missing on basically a week of sleep, uh, but it was great. It was it was my favorite to see thus far. Like absolutely my favorite to see thus far. How how did it go for you? It was great. It was my first time attending ITC. I've attended several other conferences, Limra and other things, and I was very excited to attend ITC. And it was overwhelming at times a little bit I've never been to one with so many people and just so many connections and conversations and finding about new trends in the industry and what people are working on was so exciting for me did it live up to the hype it did it did awesome I know next time going in to to rest up beforehand so oh yeah oh yeah and and most most importantly did you go to to the UB40 concert on Thursday I did not. We actually booked tickets to um, Michael Jackson. Oh, and okay, okay. It it okay. it did end huh. the the Cirque du Soleil thing. It did end, but by that time we were so exhausted and we had such huh. an early flight. Friday. How was how how was one? Oh, it was really really good. It was. Okay. I've been to several Cirque shows previously, and they've all been great. This one was just, I'm a big Michael Jackson fan, and they did it justice. It was very good. I, I'm definitely going to do it next year. Uh, I, I I haven't seen it, but I did buy the jacket, the jacket from Thriller. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I I got myself, I haven't opened it yet, but the, the, the entire discography. Uh, <sighs> so something like six CDs and two DVDs kind of thing. Uh, so, so, so anyway, yeah, definitely do it next year. Thank you for, thank you for that. Kept. Um, so we always give the, the, the guest the chance to give the elevator pitch. So what is EXL? All right. Well, EXL is a lot of things. Um, I'm predominantly in the life and annuity space for TPA. However, EXL also has a very large presence in health, um, travel, digital analytics. We do a lot of things. We are global. Um, we started in 1999 out of an insurance company that was going belly up, and we kind of took it over and went from there. Um, we started in 99 in the BPO space, meaning um, for BPO, where we do we give the employees to do the processing for the insurance carriers in their systems, their technologies, we remote into their systems. Um, and then TPA, the difference in that is we do we move their systems either we do what's called a lift and shift into our systems or we move their systems onto our platform and our employees do their work for them under their name as doing business as so we exl started going into the tpa space about three years ago um, brought me over i came from another tpa where i spent over two decades working in the TPA space, started in the very bottom in new business and kind of worked my way up. And so as EXL started going into this TPA space, they started looking for people that had the industry experience to help them launch it and move it forward. 
So we're still very active in health and the the BPO space, as well as we're branching into PNC and some other aspects of insurance. But my role is predominantly in the TPA space and building this out for EXL. Okay, so I, I'm a PNC guy. So let's start with educate me on the TPAs in life and annuities. So, so how how do the, so I'm I'm assuming TPA stands for the same thing, third party administrator for claims. Okay. So how, how, do, how do the TPAs work in the life and annuity space? So in the life and annuity space for annuities, what we do is we take on your block of business, whether it be new business or a closed block, which is a block of business that they're not selling anymore, but they're still administering those, those policies. And we do everything for them, depending on the client and the carrier's needs. We start with new business to the underwriting aspect, issuing the policies, then servicing the policies to the life of that policy and then to the claims aspect. Um, and in life and annuity, it's not just death claims. There are a lot of what we call living benefit riders, long-term care, um, disability, a waiver premium, several different aspects that we kind of lump into the disability or the living benefits piece as well that, will administer those claims. And so then we set them up, the policies become active within our system, which is LifePro. And if they don't go on LifePro or they have another legacy system, we will bring that over and we will do all the processing work. So from issuing the policy into then any kind of service request for the life piece, you know, if they need a loan, they need an address change, beneficiary change, want to surrender the policy um, on the annuity piece, you know, RMDs, um, the required monthly distributions or anything like that, that they have to take when they reach a certain age, or if they want to move things, or if it's a variable policy and has fund allocations, you know, they may decide I want to move it out of this fund into this one because it's getting a better premium at the time. It's, it's all dependent on what the client's products are and how they administer them. And we will adopt that aspect We'll write out SOPs, standard operating procedures for how they're doing their business, because that's one thing I will tell you, every single carrier has a different interpretation. And then we go from there and we build it out and then we take on the work and whatever it may be, however we're doing it. Specifically in the claims space, um, we start with first notice of loss for whatever type of claim that is, all the way to the end of that claim, whether we're either processing it out paying it out or um sorry my battery just said it was dying let me no plug problem, in <laughs> no problem i am so glad i asked because this is radically different from tpa working in pnc radically i know enough about pnc to be dangerous so. because i'm the same way with life i know enough <laughs> to be dangerous so basically if i understood correctly if any listeners in a live company um have a line of business they no longer write or for whatever reason you have you have a book of business or or a i don't remember the, the terminology you used before a segment or a um whatever a, a certain amount of business that you no longer want to service yourself mm -hmm. you can literally outsource the whole thing you will you will even take the system and run it from your cloud correct <laughs> that's amazing that is and that, that's 
and that that's handling the contact center agency and commissions every aspect of that we have different segments within our teams that handle it, it's it's all dependent on what each carrier needs so is is, is this kind of service normal within within the uh life and annuity space or is this something that EXL is is really innovating in it's pretty normal. There's several big contenders. The The company I worked for, for two and a half decades after that, that was their whole methodology. We were we actually started out as a home office carrier way back in the 90s. Um, and, you know, they started going to TPA methodologies because it's more efficient, um, can usually get some of it done cheaper um, with the models and so a lot more carriers are going to outsourcing this. I mean, there's not a big carrier in the industry that I know of that doesn't utilize multiple TPAs for different aspects. Interesting. 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 Okay. So, so now, now that, now that I'm up to date, uh, uh, up to speed and I have an idea of, 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 of what a life TPA does, um, why should, should, why should we use EXL instead of another player? Well, I'd say the biggest thing is, is our culture and our methodologies with the way the industry is changing, especially since COVID hit. One of the big things that we've done is we have looked to modernize, efficientize, and automate, um, especially in the claims space. It is such a paper-driven, manual, hard process, and it shouldn't be that difficult, um, you know. It's one of the things we debate on with carriers all the time of requiring an original death certificate um, when we can validate the death very easily now electronically. Um, doing things such as child support lookups and regulatory actions. You know, it used to be the processor would have to stop what they were doing, go out to an external website, look it up, then come back, make a screen print of that um, query, whatever they did, add it to the file do all that. And we've automated a lot of those capabilities. We've even automated um, some of the beginnings of first notice of loss where we can send a text or we can send an email directly from that contact center person taking that call in. When they tell us that we get that information, we ask them, how do you want to receive your documentation? And we can do it that way. You know, trying to meet them where they're at, um, is one of the biggest things that I think EXL has done and the automation and then the analytics on it. That's the other thing in being a TPA. Carriers are always looking for reporting metrics and analytics on how fast somebody's processing claims. What's your age claims volumes? What's out there? Why are you struggling with this? Why are you struggling with that? When COVID hit, you know, it was one of the harder things to get original death certificates and to get that paper. And so we put processes in and helped carriers to not lengthen the claims process for those customers by being able to automate validating the deaths for them. Okay. Um, so you have done an amazing job of, of explaining what you guys do and, and why do you use you guys? Um, and life, and especially life TPAs, are significantly outside of, of, of my experience. Uh, so I don't even know what to ask you. Uh, <laughs> so what else uh, should I ask you? What, 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 else, what, what else is interesting about, about the work that you, that you guys do that you'd love 
for potential clients to know? I'd say the biggest interesting thing is just us trying to standardize the industry. We're trying to get carriers to agree on how to process things because like I said earlier in my call, you know, everybody has a different interpretation. You can have the same regulation, you know, for example, we received a regulation and emergency order based off of Hurricane Ian, Ian just last week for certain counties in Florida to not let the policies lapse and all because people are de dealing with a natural disaster. I sent that out to my TPA clients asking them, you know, I need your sign off to go ahead and implement this because we'll do coding in the system to prevent it from lapsing. So it's not a manual. We have to look at every single policy that has that state or that county. We can do a brush fire program within our admin platform and stop any of those policies from lapsing for the emergency order criteria. All five of them came back and said they agreed and came back with different ways they wanted me to handle it. And so that that's one of the things we're trying to standardize and, and get carriers all on the same page, because especially in the claim space, there's so much regulation that if we can get everybody to have the same interpretations and follow the same compliance rules and, and, and guidelines, it, it makes it so much easier. And, you know, one of the things we're looking at is to do multi-zone to where each client can be in the same platform, but have their own zone. And like, you have to have access and capabilities to get into those zones. But in the TPA space, one of the things we do and we utilize is we can share employees. You know, if I have a high claim surge on client A and client B is, stand, is, is, is steady, I can easily move some from client B to client A and they can still do the processing um, without there being any, you know, restrictions or guidelines. But until we standardize and each client having their different interpretations and the way they do things differently, you know, electronic death match is another one of those things. And I know you being in PC, you probably don't know too oh, much about that. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> the name is electronic death match. <laughs> yeah. We call it we call it EDM. <laughs> oh, oh, only life insurance. That sounds like a video game. Uh, <laughs> so it's actually a federal regulation that we have to uh, run all of the active policies against um, Social Security Administration and some other website tools that we use to validate if people are still living, especially on some of these old paid up legacy policies. You know, you might be too young for this, but like when you used to go open a bank account, you'd get a $10,000 life insurance policy for like a dollar a month. And people forget they have those things because at some point they come up, become paid up. And so the federal government decided that we needed to make sure we were contacting those people on policies if we were notified of a death. And so when we get, we have to run most death matches. Some clients do it monthly, most do them quarterly. Anytime we get a positive hit, then we have to go through that process, validate one, that the death match is a true positive hit to validate our last address and our last contact with that person. And then if we, we in turn validate that whole death match hit is actually positive, then we set up a claim and try to get the claim paid. Then we go through the searching for beneficiaries and, and trying to find people because most of the time it's a lost policy that people didn't know existed or family members didn't know that Uncle Joe had a policy and they were listed as his beneficiary. So it's a, 
a regulatory requirement that we have to do. And, you know, so that way, if there's policies sitting on the books that are due out to people and we can't locate a beneficiary or pay it out, then it goes to the state that person lived in as unclaimed property. And then the state has their own unclaimed property filings that they do yearly. Okay. This has been a fascinating episode. <laughs> this, this happens all the time whenever I record with live people, since since my knowledge of life is is this much. Uh super interesting stuff. Okay. So um uh, when 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 the episode goes live, I will tag you on LinkedIn uh, and I will tag you Excel on LinkedIn also. Um what is the easiest way to 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 get in touch with you if 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 a listener uh things that you might be the right fit for them and 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 wants to to discuss um they can always go out to linkedin my email is out on my linkedin profile they can message me through linkedin or send me a direct email and i will get them in touch with the right people i'll answer their basic questions up front and then get them to where they need to go and we will go from there that point on it actually I would involve a solution architect and our sales team they would start those initial and then when we get down to the what do you need that's when I come in and start talking about what programs we do what we don't do where we can help and and the due diligence and the the requirement sessions to find out what we what they need to go forward how long how long does the implementation take so so I, I'm assuming that that the contracting piece is always kind of long because life insurance companies are big. Uh, and I, I've been in that world, right? And, and, and trying to get a contract in with an insurance company, my world in PNC. Uh, but but once the contract, once the ink is dry, uh, how long can it, can it take to implement something this big where you're outsourcing the entire process for a whole set of, set of, of policies? So I've seen implementations go in six months and I've seen them go in 18 months or 24 months. It, it depends on the number of products, the complexity of the products and what they're looking to outsource. If they're outsourcing the entire block of business and it's got 20 different product types from annuity and life, then it could be extended. But we typically try to lump the, the life policies because there's term, universal life, whole life, um, lots of different life policies, anything in the life we can lump together, we can try and do a life conversion altogether. And then annuity, it, it's based off of what that annuity product is, what sort of guidelines. And, you know, when you get into annuities, you also bring the IRS into it and, and taxation and, and certain regulatory and guidelines. So I've seen them go very quickly and I've seen them take a long time. So I'm working on one currently that is a two-year project plan because they have so many multiple projects and products. And then I just finished one that we did just under six months, but they had two life products. It was fairly simple, easy transition. They were already using our admin platform. So it was just basically taking it off of their systems and moving it to ours. All right. Well, Laurel, thank you very much for your time. Uh, great meeting you, and uh, and thank you for educating me on, on the life TPA space. Absolutely. Thank you, and it was great meeting you in person at ITC, and I will see you next year. Uh, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thanks.